Welcome to, welcome to the Fran Park Center for Faith and Life in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is the Out of the Park podcast series. We invite, we invite you to join us for other programming you can find on our website at www.framparkcenter.org. Join, join us. Welcome to the Out of the Park podcast series, a program of the Fran Park Center for Faith and Life here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I am the Reverend Dr. Michael Hegeman, and we have with us today our communications associate, Nate Smith. And we've been talking about film, and we're going to continue to do so. Nate, welcome. Good to be back, Mike. Yeah, what film do we have before us today? Well, we are on our. Th- we just finished our third film in the uh, movie series here at Pinnacle Presbyterian Church, and that uh, is the Truman Show. I was really kind of uh, surprised to look back and think that this film is now 25 years old. Scary, but right. still relevant. Yeah, and uh, starring favorite comedian of the 1990s, Jim Carrey, Jim and Carrey. probably his finest dramatic role. I think I would agree with you on that. You know, he, like um, Robin Williams, um, needed a good director always to, sh- to funnel that amount of talent. And who right? better than Australian filmmaker Peter Weir. Peter Weir. Of Amadeus and Dead Poets Society fame, if you remember those. Right. And so this was... Uh, this was a film that really challenged uh, the idea of uh, life on screen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how we live our lives on screen and how that shapes us. So give us a little synopsis of the film. Well, Truman Show uh, came out summer 1998 and truly ahead of its time. Uh, in fact, we were just talking uh, previous to the recording here about how uh, it's labeled as science fiction, but it's not so much science fiction now. Nate, I appreciate your picking this film, uh, you know, for us because it, it, it took us back into the world of 25 years ago, which in some ways it's, it uh, seems a little, uh, almost a little naive to think that this we would call this film at that point science fiction because it seems so much it could be reality today. And so, quick and a brief synopsis of the film is that there is um, there is a person, Truman, who grows up uh, not knowing that he is being filmed every second of his life and broadcast and broadcasted, live. right and. So the there is the somebody comes up with this this grand idea to create a world almost like a terrarium uh, in which this person grows up and w- in a community and his entire life is broadcast to the world mm-hmm. and uh, from the moment of almost still in utero you know getting pictures of an unborn fetus but uh, he is born and by the time we see him maybe he's about 30 years old we don't know how how old he is but he's lived mm-hmm. an entire life not knowing that every person he interacts with is a an actor, actor right an actor and that the entire his entire life is scripted World's a stage, according to William Shakespeare. Right. Very prevalent in the yeah. premise of the Truman Show. That's so fascinating that we, let's take it right there from the beginning, that um, the origins of theater itself, you know, it's talking about a life observed in some way. And so you quote them from, I think that is, um, uh, the op- anyway, the opening of uh, Henry V. Mm-hmm. It takes us into the sense of this, uh, this acknowledgement that the world of theater is a whole world. It basically says the whole world is on this stage. You know, use your imagination to see armies coming and going and great seas and all of this. But a sense of that our theatrical representation uh, is a, you know, 
is it part imagination, but is it a representation of life kind of brought down onto this into this very small contained area mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. and uh, that differs with the Truman Show, right? It drif- what differs there is yes, we have uh, a scripted and produced life, but it's not condensed. Mm-hmm. It's every second unfolding at of all times, and so a little too much reality for this guy. Right? Yeah. So that idea of reality TV was re- relatively new. Is that right? Well, at the time? you know, it spawned in the early '90s with uh, the Real World. MTV was always very, uh, very quick um, to uh, cater to its its youthful uh, viewers, and that uh, well, that caught on pretty well. And it probably wasn't until a couple years after Truman Show that we had Survivor, and I think that launched a series of reality shows that. Uh, are still, well, still watched today. It's not going away anytime soon. And fascinating about those, too, is that those are, quote-unquote, real life, right, Then mm-hmm. these kind of reality TVs. Quote but those unquote. two, right, but they're highly edited, right? We don't see every second of every moment. Uh, you know, we see what producers want us to see. It's and exactly right. The gatekeepers that be, the producers. And uh, I had the privilege of actually shooting a reality show uh, in my uh, filmmaking career. And um, it's very much, uh, well, not scripted, but it is kind of an, a manipulation of reality, uh, as the Truman Show kind of shows, uh, having the uh, leader of this, this uh, corporation, this media conglomerate, broadcasting Truman's life. Uh, the director at the helm is named Kristoff, played by Ed Harris, and uh, he is very much the conductor and is playing God. Uh, as far as what we what he shows, what he broadcasts. Yeah, there's there are so many ways we could uh, uh, analyze this film and talk about it, but since we're a, we're a faith kind of a faith oriented uh, podcast, we could talk about the very thing you just mentioned. Somebody here is playing God, mm-hmm. and so in some ways we could look at this film and see. Is it kind of is it a metaphor for some understanding of how God works? Not saying that this is how God works, but saying how people have interpreted uh, how God works with the human world. So, what would you? Well, how do you respond to that? Well, I, I think it's not so much uh, the portrayal of God in the picture so much as a false prophet. Uh, I think we are spoon-fed uh, media every single day, uh, whether we know it or not. Um, you know, you don't have to hear a Taylor Swift song to know who Taylor Swift is. It's just pretty much everywhere you go. Magazine covers, uh, you know, anything that flashes up in your social media, email, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's really, uh, it's kind of a disillusionment um, as far as uh, catering uh, to our individuality. Uh, and it, 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 it's, a, it's almost a lie. Oh, that's a big point there that, there's that egocentrism, you know, this is egocentrism taken to its, you know, you know, to its extreme mm-hmm. is the fact that uh, though the character himself doesn't realize, he comes to a realization over time that we see on screen. He says, he says, it feels like the whole world revolves around me. <laughs> right. And in this case, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's and the irony. Th- that is the irony. It's the sense of that. Um, but you, we could look at theological models, you know, throughout kind of uh, through the last 2,000 years. We could see some theologians which, which looked to God as some, someone who is the master scripter, right? Uh-huh. And says there sure. isn't, we can say, it's the, asking that big question about whether we have free will or there's predestination, that God is the author of all things and the shaper of all things and maker, you know, one who um, predestines all things. 
And so that's what we see that played that kind of dynamic played out in the film. We oh, have absolutely. an entire, you know, you know, mega communications corporation that is geared towards just this sole thing of producing this TV show. Mm-hmm. Many things are scripted. Uh, and uh, but other things are just playing off of how this one individual is acting, and so it takes a r- ripple effect of he makes a choice, and that everybody has to turn on a dime to kind of self-correct to make sure that they see, okay, wait, he's going to do this, he's driving on this road, we're going to go this way, right. no, block this, do this, and there have been theological models which look to God in this way, mm-hmm. it's one who is scripting every second of every moment and uh, and thwarting in some ways the individual and the individual, you know, but uh, thwarting or promoting or doing whatever it is, there is a sense of these are some models of God, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think I think the film itself rejects that. And we can reject that as well in some degree, you know, but it, it poses that question before us, right? It makes you think, wait, is my life scripted? And do I have free will? That's exactly right. And I think you reach a point in the movie where you realize you can't write the human spirit. You know, that's something God can do alone. Uh, you can play God as much as you want and, 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 and try to map out um, map out the story, you know, your, uh, anyone's life story. In this case, Truman. And, uh, well, he couldn't compete uh, with the human spirit of Truman. And I think that's, that's where the comedy lies in. I mean, here you have... You know, Truman looks around and says, wow, it really is all about me. And he doesn't have an ego. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want it all about him. And I, I just think that's hysterical. I think that's kind of a, that's a beat a lot of people miss in this movie. Yeah, the, um, you know, watching this character grow and change in very short time period that the film takes place, right? It, that There's not much, it's not like, we, we see snapshots of his whole life, but the actual unfolding of the storyline for us he comes to some realizations quite rapidly, you know, and discovering. And some of those things happen through um, uh, mistakes, right? Like there's a there's a glitch in the program somehow, right? There, the, he begins coming to awareness because things fall apart. Literally, mm-hmm. there is a a, a a a theatrical light that drops from his sky. He looks up to the heavens and he sees what we would see in a sky. But coming out of it comes a theatrical light. Isn't it great? Let there be down. light. Right. Physically. <laughs> right. We see these moments throughout Scripture where, like, we hear at Jesus' baptism, we hear that the, this is the heavens are ripped open, right? And there's a new and startling revelation that comes through it, right? It's the whole theme of resurrection that is uh, it's just, it's, it's so prevalent in this and other movies that we've shown in this series. Right. Transformation. Uh, Born again. Uh, and kind of escaping the, a certain perception of reality and, and fighting, striving to, to move on and to grow in one's perception of the world. Consciousness. I mean, gosh, we, I mean there, there are so many things here that, that this film plays with. Uh, but what I was struck with most of all is that how not science fiction this film is 25 years later, how much it is a commentary of our lives on screen you know oh, what the 100%. what nobody 25 years would have thought of is that we are self-producing our lives each one of us has now has capacity to, with um, facebook and instagram and other uh, twitter all these we are we are catering ourselves we are mm-hmm. shaping ourselves we are producing ourselves and putting out there in the world and determining our self-worth by what we you know by 
how people respond to this mediated mm-hmm. uh, mediated persona in the media. Right? What we think is an individuality is actually just drowning in consumerism, you know? And that's what, you know, we see that breaking into the film as well. Every, uh, you know, throughout the, you know, these lives are carefully scripted to create the illusion that he's living a normal life in a normal little town and all that stuff. But then people are often, they'll be advertising. I mean, for the for this <laughs> corporation to make money, the show to make money, there's Brilliant. all kinds of advertising that has, is kind of woven through the film. And that's, you know, 25 years later, because of our, our smartphones, uh, if we have our locators on, they know exactly where we are. And so they're going to send us advertising that is shaped uh, just for us. Oh, you just passed that particular, uh, you know, department store. Then all of a sudden you get brands for that department store. Absolutely. I mean, and, not uh, even the most brilliant Hollywood writer could have predicted that. But right. it, it came pretty close with this. It yeah. really did. So it's a, I think there's a lot that questions reality. But where would you say that the sense of, uh, this picture could create a lot, a dismal picture of human condition. Mm. Where do you see signs of hopefulness uh, in this film? Well, you know, we, we, we talked about kind of re, uh, relabeling the genre of this picture. It's almost a war picture in a way, very subtly so. You know, it's man's truth versus God's truth. You know, uh, we have Truman born into a world of lies. And uh, I, there was that line in Jesus Revolution, that other film that we showed, where it said that the truth is quiet. It's the lies that are loud. And uh, that really shows through with this picture. Uh, he is literally living a lie. And uh, I think the lie is what we can relate to. Uh, I think this culture has gotten so loud and it takes a lot of discretion and sifting through um, uh, consumerism and materialism to really get down uh, to the truth, the truth, capital letters. Uh, so you have Truman, which is sort of a Christ-like character, but sort of not. He almost has his foot in the door, uh, and he's he's really going back and forth with living a life of of comfort and safety, uh, which which is kind of laid out for him, or does he really want to uh, draw the curtain? Uh, and see life for what it really is, uh, and 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 move forward in an in an upward direction. Yeah. So this uh, figure, this godlike figure, uh, himself gets confused in his own role as mm-hmm. well. He's, he's he under. Yeah. We see this man Christoph, who is always lurking on the outside, shaping uh, Truman's reality in every way for thirty years, and yet at, as it comes to the end of the film. Uh, there's a sense of uh, uh, confusion of his roles that he can't, he cannot separate himself from the father-like uh, relationship that he has created with Truman. Even though he's never interacted with Truman directly, he has this sense of he's benevolent, right? He's the benevolent father who has wants the best for his child, and so we see that, you know, through, through the midst of this. This like again, he's created this godlike figure for himself, but yet he has this sense of intimacy. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying this is the hopeful part. I'm saying that he's he's caught up into an illusion himself, right? He's mm-hmm. caught in this illusion that he's is is benevolent, right, and wants the best for this person, and that he actually has a heart connection with him. And uh, Truman, uh, at certain points, because he he is. He has scripted. He has been scripted to have lost his father early in his life, right? And that's just and and yet, so we think of him always looking for that father figure again. 
doesn't buy into at the very end that illusion that the man who's been shaping his life all all this time actually has his best interest in mind and that he can break free from even that 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 illusion to say no I'm going to I'm going to venture out into where it's dangerous right I'm going to risk everything the theme of the waters in that movie the rough waters the turmoil of life and when he finally gets closer to the truth the waters calm when he's mm-hmm. on that sailboat, yeah, and he's it, it, it's it's almost sort of like I I want to know more about Andrew Nicole, uh, the writer of this. He hasn't done much uh, aside from Gattaca, which is another brilliant sci-fi piece, uh, and then and then of course um, his his award-winning script for Truman Show, which is just outstanding. But it's it's so on point to um, to Christian transformation that it, it I I don't see how he couldn't have grown up in the church or had any background uh, with with Bible studies. You know, there is a picture, I uh, was as I was watching this film again, now there is a, a picture, I believe, from the Middle Ages, or the late Middle Ages, the early Renaissance, um, of a human figure who is, there's like the dome of the sky, in this kind of drawing or illustration, there is the dome of the sky, you know, in human understanding of that time period, the sense of, there's the earth, there's the dome of the sky, and beyond the dome of the sky is, the, you know, or called the firmament, is a, a greater reality. And we see this figure actually reaching through the dome of the sky, right, and mm-hmm. into a greater reality. And it's often is the, um, that's you, an illustration that's used today to talk about the mystic life, right? The mystic, the one who huh. sees beyond all perceived reality to a greater reality, the divine reality. And so I was immediately thought I thought of that, and I kind of pulled that picture up on my phone, and I showed a couple of our uh, a couple of eighth graders that with the, with us watching the movie, and they kind of looked at this and said, "Oh, hmm." But I <laughs> but I was like, "Oh, you don't understand. This is like this whole movie that's is deep. kind of an embodiment of that one well, the that whole perception. World, the right? whole world built is a cathedral." When you think about it, uh, you know, I originally when I when I saw it uh, in, in high school when it first came out, I pictured it being more of a snow globe, a toy that could be manipulated, right, um, for show. But it, it, it's it's much more spiritual than that. Um, it, it, it does the world that Christoph uh, Ed Harris creates for Truman um, is is almost a sanctuary. I think so. I mean, in the sense I hadn't thought about that, but uh, our Gothic cathedrals. Are um, are created to create uh, to give off that sense of a place where earth and heaven connect. Mm-hmm. That the, the 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 vaults of a cathedral are meant to to signify the heavens, and yet so when those who enter into the sanctuary of this large cathedrals are you know enter into a a different a different reality, sometimes a protected reality, a god reality, but yet we're also I think we're called to, to go beyond the uh, the architecture of a cathedral. And you know, when Notre Dame burned down a few years ago, we got to see very intimately the the sense of the the ribbing and the connection. I mean, the 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 actual architecture of that cathedral, which was beyond all of the illusion of the vaults of heaven. Hmm. We saw we saw the uh, an attic with old timbers that could catch fire, right? Yeah. And I think, in some sense, I hadn't thought of that till you said this, but the sense of that true is the the evolution of human consciousness and spiritual consciousness for the character Truman is has to he has to break free from the dome under which he lives in in order to to grow to evolve 
And and isn't it incredible how innate it is, yeah. how internal it is? It's sort of it, it's it's this God-given trait, the mm-hmm. search for the truth. Right. You needed to see the ribbing, you know, as it were, and and go beyond the ribbing. And that's. But uh, in the midst of all of this, I do want to talk about not everyone in the film is completely caught up in their own role, right? You know, these people are scripted his whole life. The woman he thinks is his mother is his is his wife, is his best friend. Mm-hmm. They none of them can ever break free from the script, uh, and when they do, they panic, and their lives are their whole sense of who they are is called into question. Except for one woman, one person breaks script, right? And I would say it's his guardian angel, mm. his love. It's it's a love that. He he was pure to him and it was pure to her and it was the the purity that broke free of the script. Uh, she gets kicked off the show and is removed from Truman's life. Truman never gives up on searching for her because he saw the purity. Hmm. He saw truth in its purest form. Right. It's one of those two. I hadn't thought directly in that way, but always a sense of uh, we look at we look at Christian faith. We look at. Uh, other religions as well, but we find mediator figures, right? A figure who steps from one world into another mm-hmm. and brings the revelation of truth. We could go back as far as Plato's cave, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, the one figure that has to kind of say, hey, snap out of it. This is all an illusion. <laughs> you know, I'm, I come to bring you. And nobody likes the, nobody, uh, that's, if you go back to, back to Plato's cave, the one who who discovers that the world he's been inside this cave is only an illusion that the real world is outside, um, you know, goes back to the others in the cave and nobody wants to listen, right? And so the mediator figure is never welcomed, right? Because mm. no, people just don't want to break free of the illusion. It's safe, it's comfortable, yeah. and yet we have one person who's able to risk everything in this, you know, in this film and bring a sense of, mediation of revelation, right? Mm-hmm. A light breaking in of truth. And he doesn't accept the truth right away. It has to, he has to come at his own time, at his own pace. And, and even with a little of what a quote unquote divine uh, intervention, which means the things begin to crumble from the mm-hmm. outside in and uh, for him to grow and change. Very much a tower of tower of Babel thing right? there, right? I all mean, it, it, all it, those things. Yeah. To it, see, to see that uh, how human hubris Mm. to create worlds uh and those those th- that hubris eventually crumbles they, they fall into un- under their own weight to piggyback and, on that yeah. i i would say that uh there's a very key figure in the picture that i didn't catch on until uh, uh my last viewing of it i've seen it probably a good handful of times um and uh it's the bus driver there's a scene in which he tries to escape. He has a dream of Fiji. Fiji is escape. Fiji is his... Is and his, you're talking about Truman is trying Truman, to escape. Truman, right yes. Now, so. Truman is, is, is fantasizing about Fiji. It's, it's, it's a world outside of his own. Uh, you can use Fiji as, a, as a, an analogy of, of heaven if you want, uh, but it is, it is a refuge uh, that he creates. And he, he's trying everything in his power to get to Fiji. Uh, and he hops on a bus... And the bus driver realizes, oh boy, well, this stage isn't big enough to fit Fiji. <laughs> There's no way we're going to Fiji. It becomes very self-evident uh, to everyone on that bus that Truman is is wanting to go to this, this refuge, but uh, the physicality of this environment will not let him go. So they all have to put on their best acting 
to pretend that they're ready to go to Fiji and wouldn't you know it, the bus breaks down. And there's a struggle with the bus driver. And if you look for it, you can find it. You can see it in his eyes where he wants to tell Truman the truth, but he chooses not to. He says, I'm sorry, son, but there's a struggle in his eyes where he just, he knows it's a lie and he chooses to ignore the truth and he has a chance to tell Truman the truth. And I, I couldn't help but to think about our daily lives as Christians and spreading the gospel. How many opportunities are given to us to tell the truth? And the excuses we make up for ourselves. A broken bus yeah, being the example in this picture. But it was just such a great moment of, of, of truth, truth versus manipulation. Right, and especially very important in our own time when we, we are constructing illusions around ourselves uh, in our own sense of being the center of uh, a, a self-produced life. Mm-hmm. You know, we are always in the spotlight. We are... Uh, being assessed by uh, who potentially, you know, seven billion eyes. You know, anybody who has uh, not that many people have access to the internet, but but billions of people do. And so our lives are can be constantly observed. And what does that do to our essential being? To be observed, to be producing uh, our persona Mm. and putting energy into our persona all the time Uh, and yet when do we discover who we truly are and heavy 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 questions right and 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 in the scope of reality television and the internet and where you know social media is is throwing ads for the very products we were talking about that day uh, catering to our consumerism it's it's you'd think it would have the opposite effect than it does, because I feel like what is what is integrity, right? It's doing the right thing when no one is watching. Well, we live in a world where everyone is watching and people are still doing the wrong thing. It just baffles me. Right. Right. And so we we look to a film like The Truman Show 25 years later, and we can see that uh, it still has a message for us. Right. That here it is uh, using a form of the media, a medium that uh, to critique itself, self-critique, you know. It's the layers of fourth wall breaking in this picture are incredible because you have an expert filmmaker like Peter Weir that is able to manipulate you, the audience, watching this movie into seeing the manipulation. It's it's so self-aware. It, right. it, it's it's brilliant. It takes us back to uh, to Shakespeare again. You know, the the breaking of the fourth wall, we mm-hmm. say, is like, if uh, if we understand that, the three walls are the, the walls of the stage. You know, left, stage left, stage right, and the back. And the fourth wall is the one that be- exists between what's happening on the stage and the audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Shakespeare was brilliant at not only creating an entire world on a stage, but also to to be self-aware about it. And so a character of chorus or narrator is able to look out at the audience and saying, hey, folks, it's just a show. I love the subtle winks of a filmmaker in movies like this. You know, it's only a movie. It's all part of the show. He's just kind of a circus wrangler. And uh, it's artfully done. Right. And I think ultimately the, the film itself allows us, brings us into a world so that we have empathy with the character of Truman, right? Uh, and we, we, we yearn for him and we long, we, we rally uh, to his cause as he seeks to, to break free from the, from the illusions. 
And uh, I think that's the, when the genuine power of film mm-hmm. is that it can reflect for us lives that we're living and show us a, a kind of a, a way out, that sense, right? A hopeful way to say, oh, I could be living differently than I am. And yeah. uh, that yeah. true, though uh, we say that the life of faith, we are, we are always searching whether those things come to us through, kind of we say, our, our standard uh, uh, biblical revelation, or we say the extraordinary revelation through such things as films. Uh, hopefully, as we discuss these things in com- Christian community, uh, communities of faith, that we can really uh, say, ah, you know what? There is a bigger world that God is, and God is will draw us out of a world of illusion into a world of light and truth. Beautifully said, Mike. Beautifully said. Thank you, Nate, and uh, for all of us. Uh, join us again for one of our Out of the Park podcasts. We have one more film we're discussing uh, next week. It has to do with a Presbyterian minister and the work that he did through the media to build hope and uh, and to build and to, and to draw people out of their at least children, out of their self-centeredness into awareness of that they're part of a community. A little-known guy by the name of Mr. Rogers. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. I hope you guys come and see it. Thanks for joining us at our Out of the Park podcast series. If you like this program and would like to check out more, go to our website at www.framparkcenter.org.